No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we see where the angel reveals to Daniel what will happen in the future with Persia, Greece, and various kings from the north and the south. This is a detailed historical account told before it happened. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Daniel chapter 11 on Simply the Bible. Some people have trouble trusting God. Maybe every person they've ever known has failed them. And when we tell them to trust in God, they hold back. But God demonstrates that he is trustworthy in so many ways. One way he does this is by showing us that he knows the end from the beginning. What we find in Daniel chapter 11 is unparalleled in scripture. It reads as a detailed history between two dynasties at war with each other, only it is history written in advance. As you read it, it's easy to get bogged down in the details, but as we compare the prophecy with history, the picture takes shape and we see an all-knowing God who is sovereign in the kingdoms of men and who uses human instruments to carry out his ultimate plan. We continue in Daniel chapter 11, where Daniel had a visitation from an angel after he had been on a partial fast for three weeks, and he desired to have understanding. So this angel appeared to him to give him an understanding of what was going to happen in the future. Verse 1, also in the first year of Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. And now I will tell you the truth. Behold, three more kings will arise in Persia, and the fourth shall be far richer than them all. By his strength, through his riches, he shall stir up all against the realm of Greece. Now, as we saw in chapter 10, there are demonic rulers in heavenly realms that are over kingdoms, and they seek to exercise influence over human leaders to thwart the purposes of God. Darius the Mede had no idea that Satan was seeking to control his mind and lead him into making decisions that would hurt God's people. But the angel who was speaking to Daniel had strengthened him against these demonic forces. Now it was the third year of Cyrus the Persian, or 536 BC. The four kings that would rule after Cyrus were Cambyses, Pseudosmyrtus, Darius I, and Xerxes, the Ahasuerus of the book of Esther. He was the wealthiest Persian king and ruled an empire that reached from Ethiopia to India. In 480 BC, he tried to invade Greece, but his vast fleet was defeated. Then a mighty king shall arise, who shall rule with great dominion and do according to his will. And when he has arisen, his kingdom shall be broken up and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not among his posterity, nor according to his dominion with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be uprooted, even for others besides thee. This mighty king was Alexander the Great, who was determined to punish the Persians for Xerxes' invasion. He did as he pleased, and nobody could stand in his way. Between 334 and 330 BC, Alexander conquered Asia Minor, Syria, Egypt, and the land of the Medo-Persian Empire. Alexander wept when he had no more worlds to conquer. While in Babylon, he spent a night and day drinking excessively 
and then spent the night in the rain. He developed a raging fever and died shortly thereafter at the age of 32. Now, after his death, his kingdom was divided among his four generals. Seleucus over Syria and Mesopotamia, Ptolemy over Egypt, Lysimachus over Thrace and portions of Asia Minor, and Cassander over Macedonia and Greece. Thus, Alexander's kingdom was divided, but not among his posterity, as it was said here. He had no lasting dynasty. In verses 5 through 35, the scripture focuses on two dynasties of these four rulers. The Ptolemies, who is the king of the south, reigning over Egypt, and the Seleucids, who is the king of the north, reigning over Syria. This section gives many details of the continuous conflict between these two dynasties, during which the land of Israel was invaded first by one power and then by the other. Verse 5, also the king of the south shall become strong as well as one of his princes and he shall gain power over him and have dominion. His dominion shall be a great dominion. The strong king of the south was Ptolemy I, Soter, a general who served under Alexander and he was given authority over Egypt in 323 BC and proclaimed himself king of Egypt in 304. The first king of the north was Seleucus I, also a general under Alexander who was given authority to rule in Babylon in 321. Babylon was attacked in 316 by another general whom Seleucus defeated. By 312, Seleucus ruled over Babylonia, Media, and Syria and assumed the title of king. Ptolemy I died in 285 BC and his son, Ptolemy II, Philadelphus, began ruling in Egypt. Meanwhile, Seleucus I was murdered in 281 and his son Antiochus I, Soter, ruled till 262. He is not mentioned in Daniel. Antiochus II, Theos, the grandson of Seleucus I, began to reign in Syria in 262. We pick it up in verse 6. And at the end of some years, they shall join forces for the daughter of the king of the south shall go to the king of the north to make an agreement, but she shall not retain the power of her authority. And neither he nor his authority shall stand, but she shall be given up with those who brought her and with him who begot her and with him who strengthened her in those times. Now, Ptolemy II and Antiochus II were bitter enemies, but finally they entered into an alliance in about 250. This alliance was sealed by the marriage of Ptolemy II's daughter, Berenice, to Antiochus II. The only trouble was that Antiochus divorced his former wife, Laodice, in order to marry Berenice. But Laodice sought revenge and had Berenice put to death. She then poisoned Antiochus II and made her son, Seleucus II, king. Now, you think you have family problems. These actions fulfilled verse 6. But from a branch of her roots, one shall arise in his place, who shall come with an army, enter the fortress of the king of the north, and deal with them and prevail. And he shall also carry their gods captive to Egypt, with their princes and their precious articles of silver and gold. And he shall continue more years than the king of the north. Also the king of the north shall come to the kingdom of the king of the south, but shall return to his own land. Berenice's brother Ptolemy III, Euergetes, succeeded his father and set out to avenge the death of his sister. He was victorious over Seleucus II, put 
Laodicea to death and returned to Egypt with many spoils. After this humiliating defeat, Seleucus II sought to invade Egypt but was unsuccessful. In 221 BC, he fell from his horse and died. Seleucus II was then succeeded by his son, Seleucus III Soter. Verse 10, however, his son shall stir up strife and assemble a multitude of great forces. So Seleucus III, along with his brother Antiochus III, sought to restore Syria's lost prestige by military conquest. Seleucus III invaded Asia Minor, but was killed by conspirators during that military campaign. Antiochus III then took the throne in 223 BC when he was only 18 years old. He would become known as Antiochus III the Great and would reign for 36 years. And one shall certainly come and overwhelm and pass through. Then he shall return to his fortress and stir up strife. Now, Egypt controlled all the territory north to the borders of Syria, which included the land of Israel. Antiochus III succeeded in driving the Egyptians back to the southern borders of Israel in his campaign. And the king of the south shall be moved with rage and go out and fight with him, with the king of the north, who shall muster a great multitude, but the multitude shall be given into the hand of his enemy. When he has taken away the multitude, his heart will be lifted up and he will cast down tens of thousands. So the king of the south was Ptolemy IV, Philippator. And after being defeated by Antiochus III, the great, Ptolemy IV raised an army of 73,000 men and met Antiochus at the southern borders of Israel. Ptolemy IV was initially successful, as we see here, slaughtering tens of thousands. But he will not prevail, for the king of the north will return and muster a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come at the end of some years with a great army and much equipment. History tells us that 14 years later, Antiochus returned with a much larger army and turned back Ptolemy IV. Now, in those times, many shall rise up against the king of the south. Also, violent men of your people shall exalt themselves in fulfillment of the vision, but they shall fall. So the king of the north shall come and build a siege mound and take a fortified city and the forces of the south shall not withstand him. Even his choice troops shall have no strength to resist, but he who comes against him shall do according to his own will, and no one shall stand against him. He shall stand in the glorious land with destruction in his power. Now, Syria was not Egypt's only enemy. Philip V of Macedonia joined with Antiochus III against Egypt. Many Jews also joined Antiochus against Egypt and they fell in battle. Later, he established himself in the glorious land, which is Israel, and he treated the Jews favorably because they had joined with him against Egypt. Verse 17, He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his whole kingdom and upright ones with him, thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughter of women to destroy it, but she shall not stand with him or be for him. Ptolemy IV Philippator died in 204 BC and the kingdom was passed to his five-year-old son, Ptolemy V, Epiphanes. Antiochus sought to strengthen his position over Egypt by giving his daughter Cleopatra I to marry Ptolemy V. She was only seven years old at the time. He thought that she would remain loyal to him and turn Ptolemy's heart. Instead, she was loyal to Ptolemy, her husband. Therefore, Antiochus's attempt to form an alliance between these two nations failed just as the angel had told Daniel. 
After this, he shall turn his face to the coastlands and shall take many. But a ruler shall bring the reproach against them to an end. And with the reproach removed, he shall turn back on him. Then he shall turn his face toward the fortress of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Antiochus then turned his attention to Greece. However, the Grecians had entered into an alliance with the Romans, so they notified their allies of the danger. The Roman Senate commissioned General Asiaticus, who led the Roman and Greek forces to victory over Antiochus III. He then went to his own country in 188 and died a year later. There shall arise in his place one who imposes taxes on the glorious kingdom, but within a few days he shall be destroyed, but not in anger or in battle. Antiochus III's son, Seleucus IV, Philippator, became king. Because of the rising power of Rome and the wretched condition in which his father had left the kingdom, Seleucus IV was forced to tax the lands under his domain. His tax collector, Heliodorus, took treasures from the temple at Jerusalem, and soon the king suddenly and mysteriously died, thought to have been poisoned by Heliodorus. We will end it there today. As you can see, the Lord is able to tell very precisely the future as though it had already happened. He does this so that we may know that he is God and that we may completely trust in him. If he knows what will happen in the future, then he also knows you. He knows your needs and he's able to direct the steps of your life. Are you willing to trust him with all of your heart? You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. That's calvarytv.org. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast and please leave us a review. That helps a lot. Tomorrow we will see where the angel tells Daniel about a vile king of the north who will place an abomination of desolation in the temple. This is a prototype of the future pompous king we know as the Antichrist. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Daniel on Simply the Bible.